0: Hello to all you uh, amazing Mets fans, you're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day, Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I hate the Braves, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. I know all you do too. On the show today in the first segment, just talk about a horrible game and a horrible series and... How everything has been horrible the last week. In the second segment, we'll do a little bit more of that. Um, in the third segment, Pirates Preview. Can the Mets pull themselves out of this latest spiral? Before we get to any of it, I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at justbaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Download the game time map, create an account, and use the code LOCKDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My recommendation, never buy tickets to see the New York Mets in Atlanta. I don't even know if I should spend time discussing what happened on Thursday night, because if you're a Mets fan that saw it, do you want to relive it? If you're a Mets fan that didn't see it, do you really want to know? Last year, a hurricane was barreling through and we thought it was going to hit Atlanta at the end of the season. My dad and I had tickets to go to each of those games in Atlanta. The hurricane ended up hitting Florida more than Atlanta, tore up a lot of the highway that was right across our route. It ended up being great weather for a series, Mets versus Braves to decide the National League East, two teams that would finish with 101 wins. We decided not to make that drive up and deal with whatever was going to be uh, you know, on the roads for us, and, and it just didn't feel like a smart trip to take, okay? It became the wisest thing we ever did because we didn't have to be there to see a gut-wrenching sweep where every good pitch of the Mets threw out there to face the Braves. If I remember correctly, I think Scherzer, Grom, Bassett all pitched in that series, the same rotation that they would roll out for the wild card round. They all pitched, and the Mets lost all three games. Now, you go into this series, and you have Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander start two of these three games, and the Mets have a three-run lead in each of the three games for the first time in franchise history. They had a lead like that in each game, and they got swept. It's never happened before. They've never been this bad before. They've never blown that many consecutive games to a team before in one series. It's brutal. I hate the Atlanta Braves. Hate them. have hated them my whole life. Continue to hate them. I hate all their players from the Chipper Jones days to what we're seeing now. I hate Acuna. I hate Albies because he's not even that good. Come at me, Braves fans. He's not that good. Most overrated second baseman, but hit some home runs. Sure hit a big one to destroy Mets fans' hopes and dreams on a Thursday night. Walking things off. I mean, you already lost when Tommy Hunter is pitching in an extra inning game because you had nothing left to throw. Tommy Hunter comes in with his sixth ERA. He... Nearly gets you through it. He gets you in two outs. You're so close. You just needed that rocket to be hit anywhere but in the seats. And it was hitting the seats. I hate all of them. I hate that Travis Darno hits a two-run homer to get the Braves within one late. And the fact that he has destroyed the Mets ever since leaving. I hate that they can pick up a guy like Orlando Orcia. Off the scrap heap, and he can turn into a great shortstop out of thin air. And they went from Dansby Swanson, a first overall pick that was supposed to be good and became good at the end of that, that their team control of him. He has a great season. They let him walk. It was supposed to be Von Grisham, who you would have been scared about as another former top prospect. And Orlando Arcia wins the job and he's the guy that hits the tying home run in the ninth inning. Brutal. I hate their fans. I hate that ballpark, how it plays so freaking small. It's great when Francisco Alvarez is leaving the yard twice in the game. But when you can't hold a lead late, the Braves own the Mets right now. They just do. They swept them last year to win the division. Luckily, they got beat in the playoffs because they spent too much energy and attention on the division and the Mets, and they ran out of gas against the Phillies. But certainly seems like they're going to win their sixth straight division title this year, unless the Marlins can catch them, I guess. That type of a loss is the one where you just have to laugh. You either laugh or cry. And what are you going to do? I can't believe how bad Justin Verlander pitched. The fact that I was happy that he got a big strikeout to get out of the third inning. And that's all you got out of him. It was all right. They had to go to the bullpen to cover a whole game. And they just ran out of arms. And David Robertson gives up a home run on his, you know, whatever it was, his 25th-some-odd pitch. I don't know. He was in the 20s for sure. He, So many guys had to continue over where usually you'd pitch one of your relievers, you'd have a guy like Brooks Raley or Drew Smith get the big outs to get out of an inning and you could pass the baton. But those guys are like, no, we got to squeeze one more out out of you. And then that one more out seemed to get the next pitcher into trouble. That was a horrendous. Baseball game. That's the type of game that the Mets had last year against the Phillies. Where they were down 7-1 and they come back. That's the type of game the Braves got to enjoy. And they got to enjoy three of them in one series against this team. I do want to get into... Do I want to get into some of the nuances of that game? Some of the positives you can take from the offense. But, no, I don't even think it's worth it, man. I don't even think it's worth it to spend any more time on it. You've lost six in a row. I don't even know how many games out you are at this point. I'll check in and I'll let you know in the next segment. And you got to go play a pretty good Pirates team this weekend on top of it all. Try to break out of it. <laughs> I'm speechless. So I think the only thing that we can do here is go to break and let me regroup. Uh, so I, I'll tell you, today's episode is brought to you by game time. If you've ever been in a situation where you're stressing out over, uh, trying to find tickets to the game, game time is the place to go because you can get killer deals on last minute tickets. If You want to go to the game. This is where you should go. If you want to go to the concert, the comedy show, if you want to go to a theater near you, game time has it all with their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. Uh, the game time guarantee means you're always going to find the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email. Snap tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account. Redeem the code LOCKDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. After getting swept by the Atlanta Braves, you look at this National League East division. Braves are sitting at thirty-eight and twenty-four. Marlins are at thirty-five and twenty-eight, three and a half back. Phillies thirty and thirty-two. Now half a game up on the Mets, despite getting swept a week ago. And the Mets are sitting at thirty and thirty-three. They are eight and a half back in this division. Luckily, they're still a wild card. You still have a chance to be a playoff team. But it felt like the Braves just ended the Mets' chance at the division again, the same way they did the last time these two teams met in that ballpark. And this time we're in June. But currently, can you see the Mets running down that Braves team? Running down an eight and a half deficit, eight and a half game deficit in the division? Here's the good thing. Had some guys that had big days. And maybe that carries over for you offensively. Maybe the fact that you're not playing the Braves and you maybe that's the type of loss that's so bad that there's only one way to go and it's up from there. Maybe. Brandon Nimmo had a grand slam in this one. Francisco Alvarez had his second multi-home run game of the season. This kid is a superstar and I love that they're going to DH him now. So Days when you're going to Nervaez behind the dish, all right, you can DH Alvarez. They should go to that. You don't always have to prepare for a disaster, okay? If something were to happen during a game, you could lose your DH if you had to, and you can put Alvarez behind the dish. If you had to. Otherwise, just don't put it out there like something's going to happen. Yes, maybe in an ideal world, the Mets would have kept Gary Sanchez, who's somehow been good for the Padres, And realized that they were going to cut Tomas Nito two days later, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about that. You had a guy that you wanted to see in Sanchez. You saw him for half a second. And then when Nito came back, you said, all right, we're going to bring Nito back just to get rid of Nito when Revias comes back. Not great roster management by this front office. At that point, you might as well have just DFA Nito when he was ready kept Sanchez for a little bit longer. And who knows, maybe you would have thought, oh, actually he's pretty decent. doesn't matter. It's crying over milk that probably shouldn't be worried about because I'm sure Sanchez will go downhill for the Padres at some point. And watching him catch is something I never wanted to see again. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But you got two catchers and two catchers that look pretty good. I mean, granted, there was an opportunity in the ninth inning we had the bases loaded one out and Narvaez came up and he couldn't put the ball in play to give you a run. That was brutal. But overall I've liked the way he's looked offensively a lot more than Tomas Nito and defensively. He's great. So I think the Mets have their catcher situation figured out. That's one thing they got. In this game, Jeff McNeil got a couple hits, but he struck out three times. Lindora was two for four with a walk. Beatty two for four. He seems to be coming out of it with a walk. And an RBI. star Marte, 3-for-5, 2 runs scored, RBI. Tommy Pham, 1-for-4, drove in a run, drew a walk, two strikeouts. Mark Fiatos, 0-for-5. One guy in the lap didn't get a hit. What I would say to that is keep rolling him out there. It's your fault that you didn't play him, that you got him cold. I hope that they maybe give him a chance here. But likely he goes 0-for-5 and they're going to park him right back on the bench. Where, you know, he, he might struggle further. At this point, you might have to option him. And you might have to play Tommy Pham every day and play Mark Canna every day for a little bit. I know there's some that would say, call up Ronnie Mauricio, play him at second base, move Jeff McNeil to the left. I don't necessarily want to take playing time away from Tommy Pham or Mark Canna right now. So to me, the bigger thing is those guys should be playing. Ideally, you give Viento some run. But if you're not going to give him run here, at least option to a triple A so his back can get hot again. So when you maybe decide to give him run, he's locked in. Because that's a guy that, to me, just looks like he's no longer comfortable because he hasn't been seeing at-bats for two weeks now. Consistent at-bats, at least. But, look, the, the, this game, you know, the Mets had to use six relievers because Justin Verlander can't, couldn't make it past the third inning. If you want to pinpoint one reason why you lost this game, it's Verlander giving up seven hits and four walks. And this is his second year coming off Tommy John. And he was great in that first year coming off TJ. Do you remember Matt Harvey in his second year after Tommy John? I'm not saying Verlander is going to be that because I, I certainly was able to see him make a great pitch to the Braves, the basis loaded situation where it's like, okay, it's still in there. But that's going to be something to monitor. You know, Scherzer had a bad start against the Braves too, but it's also this Braves team is really good. You just have to credit them for being an awesome team. Can the Mets still be a team that gets hot at the right time, that stays into the playoffs as a wildcard team, that makes a run? We just saw a Phillies team that was far less talented do it last year. Now, they had more horses in their rotation that they could count on. But again, if the Mets get hot at the right time, and Verlander and Scherzer look like the guys that they've been throughout their careers, and Sanga is good, you never know. It's not time to give up on the season. This team was in a fairly similar spot a month ago, clawed their way out of it, looked good for a minute. There's a chance they can claw out of this thing again, and they could get back right back into the hunt, whether it's the division, but more likely the wild card hunt, and, and still put together a good summer where there's a lot of Mets baseball to enjoy, but the last, not even just three nights, because it was over the weekend too, the last week, going from the emotional high of sweeping the Phillies to getting swept by the Braves a week later and the six losses in between, it's all too familiar for Mets fans who have been watching this same thing over and over again for years now. But maybe, against the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend, things can change. That's the beautiful thing about baseball. There's always tomorrow. I'll discuss that more in just a minute. Uh, Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you want some comfortable shorts that you can take out on the golf course, you can take out to dinner at night, you can wear around the house, Bird Dogs are there for you. There's so many different styles to choose from. But the main thing is always the comfort. These shorts are comfortable as well as versatile. They look great. I love my bird dogs. You will too. If you want to try bird dogs today, go to birddogs.com/slashlockedonmob and use the promo code lockedonmob. They're going to throw in a free gift of a Yeti style bird dogs tumbler with every order. Again, go to birddogs.com/slashlockedonmob. Use the promo code lockedonmob and get that free gift of a Yeti style bird dogs tumbler. Go to birddogs.com today. <laughs> York Mets play the Pittsburgh Pirates 7.05 Eastern Time Friday night. If you want to catch every pitch in the Mets' hometown broadcast, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, here you go, Mets Pirates, PNC Park. Pirates are good this year, 32-29. and 29. They're the best team in baseball coming out of April. They went through a massive skid and then have now Come back right around out of it. They're six and four in their last 10. They are 16 and 15 at home, 16 and 14 away this year. They got a lineup that consists of a bunch of guys that you'd be surprised are this good. Brian Reynolds with the long term extension. Uh, He's there for eight years now, I believe, and is uh, playing alongside the guy that they once traded uh, to get Reynolds, which is Andrew McCutcheon. So McCutcheon is back you remember the Mets showed a lot of interest in McCutcheon this offseason? He decided to go and what we all thought was retire in Pittsburgh, have one last swan song, and he's been great this year. And they've been good in the lineup, sneaky good. Jack Sawinski, he's been a really good power hitter for them, had some really nice numbers. Connor Joe, same thing. All those guys I've mentioned, really good plate discipline. So you're going to see them work deep. Counts, not. Strike out too much and, and walk plenty. Uh, so it's going to be difficult for these match pitchers. Look at the matchups. Tyler McGill going up against Rich Hill. We all remember Rich Hill. He pitched for the Mets in 2021. This year, he's got a 4.41 ERA right there in line with McGill at a 4.40 ERA. But guess who's pacing who in strikeouts? Rich Hill's got 61 to McGill's 48. How about that? Uh, the old veteran, how old is Rich Hill now? Got to be what? I'm going to guess 40, at least 43. 44, I guess, on Rich Hill. He's 43. He's 43. When's he turned 44? Am I close? Is it happening? It already happened. March 11th. Happy belated to Rich Hill. 43 years old, still doing it. Uh, left-handed pitcher. I probably should have mentioned at some point. There's still kind of a scary situation developing with Pete Alonso in this wrist. He got flown to New York to check out uh, that wrist further. Originally they said it was a bruise. X-rays were negative. You got a CT scan and they sent him out to to New York for further imaging. That could be disaster for this Mets team. I mean, suddenly what? Mark Fiantos is your starting first baseman and you got Vogel. Everyone gets to play then, right? Then Vogel back gets to DH. and Viantos playing first. Hopefully that thing is just a bruise um, and you get Pete back in short order because I don't know how this team survives with that. Unless this is one of those situations where something that drastic for some reason, it's kind of like how the Phillies somehow played better without Bryce Harper last year, and then he came back and they went on that run. Maybe the Mets have some similar crazy arc in them, but I certainly don't hope that that is the case. Anyway, you don't have – I would doubt that Alonso is going to be in the lineup against Rich Hill. So I imagine your righty lineup with maybe Vientos starting at first again, one of Cana or FAM DHing. Maybe Cana plays first. I think that they probably, despite the fact that Vientos' his best position is first, I still think they probably would like Cana's defense over him more. She's a more athletic player. So maybe it's Cana at first, Vientos at DH, FAM and left and then your regulars around the diamond otherwise with maybe Alvarez catching because obviously they're not going to play Nervaez against the lefty. That's probably what we're looking at here. And who knows? Maybe this is just one of those things where you just put up 10 runs against the Braves. You scored runs in every single game against a good team, and now you go to Pittsburgh and you you beat up on them. That's what you hope for. Game two, that's going to be at 4.05 Eastern time, Kodai Senga versus Johan Oviedo. Uh, Senga has not been good on the road this year, but he was bad as the last time out. I'm trying to think when he, when he started, I believe he got an extra day this time around. Um, let me check on that to make sure. Cause now that's one thing I'll be certainly paying attention to uh, moving forward. So he started on the fourth. So fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah. He's going to be on five days rest. So Senga should be good to go. Um, tough ballpark to pitch in though. So, We'll see how he holds up on the road this time. I don't know if that's enough of a trend at this point of the season that we say that's definitely the case. He's always going to be bad on the road, but that has been what's happened. So uh, we'll see what, where things go there. And then, fortunately, Sunday, you got to fit, face uh, the ace of the Pirates, Mitch Keller, who's been nasty this year. Granted, the Mets just put up a bunch of runs against Spencer Strider, so you never know, but he has a 3 6 Oh, ERA, and he's got 94 strikeouts in uh, 80 innings pitch, a 1.16 whip. He's been awesome out there. Uh, so it's going to be a tough matchup for Carlos Carrasco in his 594 ERA. But even though Carrasco, the end of that start against the Braves, uh, lost it, he still was pretty good through five. So, you know, maybe Carrasco will continue a good stretch of pitching. I- I've still liked what I've seen from him lately. And look, even though this Pirates team is 32 and 29, it's not the Braves you just faced. It's definitely not a team that good. So it's your chance to get right a little bit because the last thing you want is to carry this over. You have a day off on Monday, and then you got to return home to City Field with a bunch of Yankees fans there for a subway series and deal with all that. You want to get right this weekend. This is the time to do it. Um, hate to say it, though. I just don't know if this is the team to do it. My, my belief in the Mets has to hold true. But when you watch the baseball we've seen over the last week, it gets a little bit harder to right? So we'll see. That's going to be all for today's edition Locked on Mets. This week on Locked on Mets, unless something awesome happens on Friday and I'm inspired to record a bonus episode. You'll see me on Monday for all you everydayers. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, Nickelstein Ryan. Follow the show. Locked on Mets. Uh, if you want to catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast tonight, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.